Welcome to the VMware Multi-Cloud Podcast. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today, I have my co-host, David Jasso. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Eric. Me too, me too. Today on the show, we're going to be talking to the Director of Product Management for VMware NSX. His name is Venke Deshpande. Venke, welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. I'm glad to be here. We're excited, to, we're excited to have you here, and uh, we're excited to hear about uh, where VMware NSX is going. Hey, Venki, welcome. It's David. Um, hey, Venki, um, you know, we normally start these off, and we kind of just introduce the audience to our guests, and um, so maybe you can start just telling us a little bit about who you are and your history and uh, what you're doing now with VMware. Yeah, sure, David. So, uh my uh, so role at such, I think if you look at it from my background at such, I've been in the networking industry for almost more than 20 years now. Started my career uh, doing kind of ASIC chip design uh, for the physical uh, switching routing boxes. Uh, so I worked for a company called Nortel, uh, which doesn't exist anymore right now. <laughs> but uh, that company was kind of uh, building all these uh, enterprise class switches. Uh, and I was transitioned from ASIC design to product management. And that's when I got introduced into uh, like building solutions to the data center products. Uh, like for example, like the data center switches, we worked with VMware uh, because VMware was very uh, big in terms of virtualization in the data center. So we started working on those technologies and then realized that the importance of software defined uh, kind of world and, and made a switch to VMware. So it's been 10 years at VMware uh, for me. I'm driving all the networking uh, aspects uh, within the vSphere platform and then uh, NSX. So, so thank you. You were around when we did the, um, what was the Nasira acquisition, correct? Yes. yes. Maybe you so, tell us a little bit yeah. Yeah, about Nasira and sort of what that was all about, because I think that's the foundation of NSX in terms of yeah. where we start our story for VMware. So I yeah I joined VMware in 2010. I think that's the time frame when uh, I think this whole uh, new uh, way of doing networking kind of uh, was kind of more on the like Stanford research and Nisera was kind of uh, getting up to speed on doing this uh, software defined networking and network virtualization space. And in 2012, uh, VMware bought uh, Nisera and uh, and. 2013, uh, we launched NSX. So that's the next uh, kind of the evolution of uh, the technology that Nisera had, uh, the technology that VMware had, was also building called vCloud networking. Uh, if you were around that time in 2010, VMware also was building uh, some concept of VXLAN based overlay networking. Uh, after the Nisera acquisition, we kind of merged these two technologies and came up with this NSX platform uh, for the vSphere hypervisor. Mm -hmm. And I can go a uh, little bit more details as we go along, explaining what's the benefit of this uh, NSX platform uh, within the context of uh, networking and security. Yeah, that sounds excellent. I think um, you know, I you know, this uh, show is ultimately about multi-cloud, and so we want to hear about NSX and multi-cloud. But um, particularly with NSX, I think it's it's worthwhile to start in the data center and, and think about all the things that Software Defined has brought to the data center. And then we can extend our conversation from there to talk about what does it mean then when you go into multi-cloud? Yeah, makes sense. So if you just focus on the data center, what was happening, uh, if you look at it, uh, when server virtualization, the virtual infrastructure admin kind of manages all the things around uh, vSphere. 
but uh, if you look at the overall day-to-day uh, -day operations for these BI admin was they were working with network teams or the storage teams where network teams used to give them the networking uh, on the physical switches and routers. Uh, just to take an example of if a uh, VI admin wants to deploy an application, uh, which is a web app and TV uh, tiers. So they used to open a ticket to the network team saying, oh, create me three, three different VLANs, one for web, one for app, one for DB. And it used to take Net, uh, network team some time to provision that probably two three weeks uh, because they have to get the subnet and all that stuff so if you look at the overall operational uh, challenges that uh, uh, for deployment of an application uh, the amount of time it took was pretty long and this was because your networking and security is tied to the physical hardware uh, it was not software defined yet and that's when, uh, if you just take the analogy of uh, server virtualization, where compute and memory resources were abstracted out for VI admin to consume a VM. So on the fly, somebody can create a VM with certain capacity of compute and memory. The same concept we wanted to apply to the network side of things, where customer who wants to deploy an application, uh, they can have a pool of resources for network and security, which is software defined. And uh, as they deploy the application, that application requires networking and security, and they can provision the networking security the same way that they are provisioning a virtual machine. So that's kind of the software defined aspect of it. And the way this was possible is by building that network virtualization layer uh, within the vSphere stack. And that really dry, drove all the benefits in the data center where you can get the same level of agility that you had in provisioning compute, uh, compute memory for your workloads. Now you can provision the same thing with the uh, network and security uh, aspects for that application as well. One of, one of the things that uh, when I was first introduced to software-defined networking that I found fascinating was this sort of discussion around how traffic flows in the data center, right? And this idea yeah. of um, east-west versus north-south and this idea of hairpinning and sort of what that's all about. Maybe you can talk just a little bit so people can understand, you know, really what software-defined introduces. Because I think most of us think about all traffic is having to flow over the physical network. Uh, yeah. and, and to go through physical switches and routers. And I know there's a big distinction when you get into software defined. Maybe you could tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think so. So if you look at it, uh, what happens in the networking switching and routing world is that uh, you have a layer two switch, we call it, uh, which is uh, really something that switches the packet based on a MAC address. And the routing is really happening on a router, which is uh, connecting multiple switches. So typically, if you look at the traffic flow, uh, if a server is, suppose there are 10 servers in your data center and each server has certain set of virtual machines uh, kind of deployed on that those servers. And if a virtual machine on the same server, so there are two virtual machines who want to talk to each other, the traffic typically has to go out uh, to the physical switch, which is a uh, layer two switch. And then if they, example that I gave is the web and app. Suppose you take an example of web VM is talking to app VM and they are on the same server. The traffic has to go all the way out uh, to the physical switch and the router and then come back in. That's what we typically call as like, uh, tra like traffic tromboning. That means traffic going all the way back to the physical fabric and coming in back. Even if the VMs are on the same uh, on the server, uh, the traffic is going out and coming back. And this happens for two, uh, another reason also, like for firewall, because most of the customers want to protect the communication between web and app and app and DB. 
and they have to have a firewall in between as well. And that's one of the reasons customer has to send the traffic back out to the physical firewall and then get back in. And these are the things that hair painting situation that we are talking about that it's not optimized east-west traffic uh, because traffic is really between web and app, which we call east-west, uh, but that traffic is going out to the physical switches and routers and coming back in, or it is going back to a physical firewall and then coming back in. And it introduces a lot of overhead. And this is where we, when we have the switching and routing functionality and firewall functionality within the hypervisor, we are doing all those decisions within that hypervisor. So the traffic from a VM on web VM on one uh, logical switch connected to another uh, VM, which is on the uh, a different logical switch, the traffic is going to be switched or routed uh, within that hypervisor. So this gives a lot of benefit uh, from overall TCO as well. So we have analyzed uh, traffic within data center uh, over like a lot of customers uh, over the last seven, eight years since NSX is uh, deployed in their environment. There is like 50 to 60% of east-west traffic uh, really goes through this hair pitting approach. And NSX really reduces that traffic for the, these customers when they deploy, when customers deploy that in the data center. So it's sort of like, uh, you know, I want to deliver a message to my next door neighbor, but I have to take it, drop it in the, the mailbox, have it go to the post office, yeah. have it get to sent to some central sort and then have it come all the way back. Sort of yeah. a, kind of an yeah. analogy of what this looks like. Um, so you're, you're saying that because if you can cut out this, sending this to the physical layer for that kind of traffic, you're really looking at something like 60% of the traffic in the data center that doesn't have to flow through a physical switch and is just being routed, you know, you know, in a more efficient manner, all the same, you know, same concepts, but through a software layer. Yeah. And I think when we talk about uh, like communication between like multiple physical servers, traffic does go to the physical server, physical switches and routers. Uh, what I'm mm -hmm. talking about is that when we say uh, customers are deploying these high-end servers with like 38 co 36 cores and all, they are putting hundreds of virtual machines within that server. Right. And uh, when we look at that uh, consolidation ratio and the traffic types across those VMs is what we are optimized. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's on the same host effectively. On the same host. And yeah. you're trying yeah. to make sure that if it's just on the same host, can I keep it there without yeah. having to send it? So I'm um, like a delivery on the same block. Can I, I just find a simple way to do it? I have a question, uh, Venke. So, yeah. uh, you know, th this for a cloud architect, or if you're an architect listening to this podcast, you probably know most of this stuff already. One of the questions I wanted to uh, hit you with is, you know, there's greenfield and brownfield. Greenfield, probably most people are trying to solve networking problems this way, right? Through a software-defined network. How much of the yeah. brownfield stuff is actually starting to be converted over? Just wondering, like, when I'm architecting, I probably will architect my cloud native this way, but are we also trying to convince people to actually take existing network topology that's already running and switch out? Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a good question, Eric. So if you look at it, uh, the customer base that NSX has, uh, we have big enterprises who already have uh, standardized physical networking topologies and physical networking topology has evolved over uh, over the last 10 years where they have some concept of leaf spine architecture and all that stuff. But really NSX is does not really touch the physical hardware or physical networking. It is part of the vSphere stack. So customer who want to adopt NSX and if it's a brownfield deployment, when you talk about brownfield, I think it's like, okay, it's existing deployment. I sure, have all the servers right. and all that stuff. Now I want to introduce NSX and can I do that? 
And it's very seamless in terms of that because NSX platform is integrated with the vSphere stack. So we introduce uh, something called Vib modules within that uh, ESX host, and then we'll create this layer which is an abstraction layer. So you don't have to touch your physical infrastructure at all. Uh, whatever you have, uh, NSX really runs on top of the existing physical networking that you have. Now, if you're building a greenfield deployment, uh, definitely I think you can think about what optimization you can do for your cloud native, because when you talk about cloud native uh, kind of deployments or multi-cloud deployments, now some customers are looking at this as uh, AWS, GCP, and all that stuff. And they're, uh, they're, you, you don't control the networking, I think. Provider provides you the networking and then you build based on the capabilities that are there. What the value the NSX is providing is that consistency uh, on your existing data center, which is a brownfield deployment. If you have a cloud native deployment, there also we provide the similar consistent capability of NSX, uh, which switching, routing and firewall capabilities. So really we can bridge that world of multi-cloud world using the NSX technology. I want to pop back um, Vinky into the data center for a bit because we, we focused on networking and I think concept's pretty clear, um, but it's not just about networking or at least not sort of in that narrow frame of connectivity. There are, this applies to other things, right? And I'm thinking about things like load balancing and firewalls. You hit on firewalls a bit, yep. but this concept flows across that. Maybe you just highlight that a little bit and then we can uh, move on and start expanding beyond the data center. Yeah, so I think as this, if you look at the network security services, switching routing is one. Uh, then uh, other one is the load balancer. So if you look at all these services, if you make software defined, that's where the benefits uh, customers get as a private cloud because most of the customers are building private cloud because they want to get the agility that they require. Now, if you think about the application, uh, load balancer is a very important component for that. Uh, because if you have a uh, web servers, you will have a farm of web servers. Like how do you make sure that you are load balancing effectively across that farm of web servers that are kind of serving uh, customers as a application front end? And we acquired called RV uh, recently. Uh, and the RV load balancer is one of the, uh, has the unique capability, which is kind of consistent with how NSX is architected in terms of controller, uh, like software-defined controller aspect, and then ability for auto-scale the load balance abilities and all that stuff. So this is one of the key differentiators that we have, uh, the, uh, the load balancing acquisition that we have done with Avi is that now we can provide the similar capabilities that cloud provider providers, providers uh, provide called auto-scaling. Uh, the ability for you to auto-scale your infrastructure uh, as you say the capacity, if the demand grow, goes up, uh, we will add additional load balance. Now, if when you go to the firewall, I think this is, as we have seen so many uh, attacks, uh, uh, with the target uh, issue that we have seen, there are so many other banks who have been attacked. Uh, and one of the benefits of NSX platform is the distributed firewall. And the what this it allows you to do micro segmentation. And this is the terminology that we, uh, as uh, NSBU has kind of, um, it's been very common now. Uh, everybody says micro segmentation, but the definition is evolved based on how you do firewalling. 
typically when you look at it in data center, there are two types of firewall. One is a perimeter firewall, that means protecting something from north-south. And there is a zone firewall, that means it is something is protected between different zones like web, app, and DB. But the micro-segmentation allows you to do firewalling near the source of the workloads. So the, the functionality is really implemented near a VNIC of a virtual machine. So if a packet is sent, suppose AM gets compromised, for example, and it is it is going to spread that to the other aspects of the data center VMs. This distributed firewall will really drop that traffic right away at the source of that uh, particular attack. So the east-west, the ability for that attack to spread across data center is minimized using the distributed firewall segmentation capability. And, and I'll talk more about in the futures, like what we are doing with IDS, IPS, but so those two aspects are very important from the overall data center perspective. How do you secure your applications? How do you prevent the attacks spreading across the data center using data distributed? Kill your application uh, resiliency and bandwidth using the load balance. Two, two additional concepts, I think, that really make um, software-defined powerful. Um, maybe you can hit on these. One is this notion of sort of machine-to-machine, -machine, being able to pull this into everything organizations are doing around their CI, CD pipelines, those sorts of things. And the other one is this aspect of policy, right? Which is like, yeah. you know, you know, which gives you a level of flexibility that's just near impossible, or probably impossible to achieve with physical hardware. Can you talk about both of those aspects? So if you look at it, uh, how what customers are trying to do from the IT team perspective, because IT teams want to be more agile uh, in provisioning uh, infrastructure for their developers and all. Uh, so there are many uh, orchestration layers, uh, uh, tools are there. I think uh, where has we realized automation, uh, there's OpenStack. All allows the IT infrastructure team to be more agile and uh, their ability to provision things faster for their developers. Uh, and one of the ways this is possible is by defining a policy uh, construct. And that policy could be something like uh, a, a, because depending on the type of development activities you want to support as an IT team, you could say that, okay, uh, as a developer, you typically need these three set of VMs with these three set of networks and then this set of security policies. And you can define that as a policy construct. And in the, in the, in the terminologies of VRealize Automation, it is called Blueprint. And once you create that Blueprint, deploying that Blueprint is just a matter of exposing that as a catalog uh, from which developer can go and uh, as they provision uh, that particular set of uh, that Blueprint, uh, behind the scene, the API calls are made and associated virtual machines are deployed, associated network and security policies are deployed. So the IT infrastructure team is no manual activities of provisioning network security and all that stuff. It is predefined as a policy and developers and all uh, the interested, uh, the users are going to just consume those uh, yep. on demand. And from a policy perspective, you know, we, if we think about sort of like a modern environment, whether it's in a private cloud or a public cloud, you know, things are moving all the time, right? So as you define a policy and you say, you know, this app needs to be protected in this way, if that app moves, that policy goes with it, right? You don't need to, it's not like in a physical environment where you may have to reconfigure something. Yeah, uh, and, to support and this, it. yeah. 
so this important concept david i think i think the policy uh, mobility of these words and because these fear uh, v motion the drs and all those capabilities rides that and that concept of mobility like you can move things around within your data center and as you move things uh, you want to make sure the policy remains consistent and if you look at it uh, when you look at any um, application that is getting moved from one site to another site uh, there is typically a ip address change and all that stuff happens and which is very difficult to manage if you are doing policy based on ip address and we typically kind of recommend customers to do uh, policy based on tags like vm tags and all so we are kind of like ha having customers to think about like how you define policy uh, constructs like ip addresses and all Cool. Very cool. I mean, I think that's one of the things I know Eric, you mentioned that uh, a lot of architects are familiar, but I, I think we tend to think about like one aspect, but not the whole aspect and sort of the power that's involved with uh, something like software defined networking. Um, maybe we can shift gears a little bit and start talking about uh, public clouds and how we're doing there. And, and I know uh, NSX has been very focused as, as well as the whole company on this idea of, you know, as we extend VMware Cloud Foundation to public clouds like AWS, you know, the role of networking and it plays different roles. And maybe you could um, start to highlight some of those because uh, I actually was surprised by some of the roles it plays in, yeah. in supporting a, that sort yeah. of scenario. And I think, yeah, so VMware Cloud, uh, just to kind of give you a background uh, for folks uh, who are listening or first time hearing about VMware Cloud. So VMware Cloud as, uh, as an overall, it's like, set of services actually we are offering. And it started off with uh, our co collaboration with AWS, uh, which is the VMware Cloud on AWS. And this happened uh, three years ago. 2017 was first we launched the VMware Cloud on AWS service. And the concept here is that customers who um, want to have same uh, vSphere type of construct within a public cloud world, and so that they have the same consistent operational uh, kind of model, which they are familiar on-prem. Now, when they go to the cloud, they have the same operational model. So this is one of the key value prop of VMware Cloud uh, on AWS, where it's kind of the best of both worlds, where you get best of AWS, uh, which is the uh, re uh, like over the uh, different regions reach uh, their scale. And also they get best of VMware, which is the vSphere, uh, vSAN, NSX stack. So what we have done with the VMware Cloud and AWS service is that we have jointly engineered this service uh, with AWS. It is offered by VMware. So if a customer wants to uh, kind of get a capacity in a particular region, for example, in uh, Oregon, or if they want to go in Ohio or in some other region in EMEA, uh, they have to go and say that, okay, I want uh, 10 physical server capacity in this region. And what we do behind the scene is we go and uh, provision those physical servers on the AWS region, wherever you chose. And then we deploy the vSphere, vSAN, NSX stack. And I will tell you more about what NSX does, but that stack is kind of the SDC stack, uh, software defined data center stack. And we provide you that vCenter uh, kind of access so that you can now start using that capacity for deploying your workloads. And which is very, 
kind of compelling for customers because they don't have to train their IT team now to learn about AWS technologies or something like that. Uh, whatever they have for the skill set, which is the on-prem vSphere environment now is available in the public cloud. And we are extending this to other clouds as well uh, with Azure and uh, uh, GCP and all those things. But that's kind of the, uh, the concept of the cloud. Yeah, one of the scenarios there, and you didn't, um, you talked about, you know, the idea of getting access to you know, geographic zones. Oftentimes, people want access to those cloud services, right? They want to be able to connect the dots between what they're building um, on VMware and then be able to take advantage of cloud services offered by the provider. AWS, right? yeah, yeah. And you guys do some work there too, right? And yeah. being able to facilitate that connection yeah. point and making that work. Yeah, so let me kind of like give you some examples in terms of how VMware cloud service is being used by customers. And there are uh, customers who are using this service because they don't want to be in this data center management business now. They just want to shut down their data centers. The lease is coming up and they think that everything should go to the cloud or CIO has a mandate that, okay, it's a cloud first. Uh, in these all these situations, what customers need is the connectivity from on-prem to the cloud, uh, wherever the STDC is deployed. And also connectivity from that STDC to the cloud native, as you're describing, because most of the customers also have uh, modernized their application uh, where they have cloud native application, but they do have to talk to the, uh, the late application that is getting migrated. Uh, so it's, that's that one communication is there. At the same time, uh, and so the migration is one of the key use cases that we see, uh, which is driving VMware Cloud and AWS. And uh, when when they migrate their applications to the VMware Cloud and AWS STDC, they use S3 buckets uh, to store their like uh, store all the backup that is for the locations now go to the S3 bucket. A lot of customers are using RDS service. Uh, that they have relational databases that are running on the cloud native. And what NSX provides is the seamless connectivity across the NSDC to the cloud native uh, AWS VPC constructs. So we see that use case very prominent in VMC. The other use case also comes into picture is the DR. Uh, a lot of customers who don't want to start to do the disaster recovery, they do disaster recovery in the cloud. And uh, that's one of the common use cases that we see with the VMC service. And the third use case, which is coming more uh, common because of that, a lot of customers want additional capacity for their home uh, kind of model where they want to kind of say that, okay, I want uh, to provision few VDI desktops. So there was a bank uh, in uh, Asia who kind of like in three months, three weeks, sorry, three weeks, they stood up a thousand VDI horizon deployment in VMware Cloud on AWS. So just to give you kind of context in terms of the three key use cases that are driving VMware Cloud uh, kind of service as such. Uh, and uh, we are seeing a lot of demands around that service because it's consistent, uh, provides connectivity to native as well as on-prem. It does have the same capabilities, like we talked about DFW for security, which is provided by NSX. Uh, it does have the capability of switching, routing, uh, which we talked about in the data center context. This, so just just want to recap, and then I had a question. So recapping, it's like it provides that connectivity between an on-prem SDDC and an SDDC in the cloud, basically, and then between that, that SDDC and the cloud, the cloud and any native cloud services. Yes. Um, from a... That's 
so that's company. How about some of the other things we talked about in terms of like load bound? And I know things are developing all the time, but maybe you can highlight that in terms of uh, if it plays a role there. No, or if it doesn't. Yeah, so if you look at it, the use case of migration, customers who are migrating their application data centers, uh, those applications have firewall, uh, they have load balancers and all that stuff. So when they are saying that I want to shut down the data center and move to uh, VMware Cloud on AWS SDDC, uh, they really are moving everything with that. Uh, they are moving firewalls. Now, they can't take the physical firewall that they had, uh, so they are that we provide within NSX. Uh, we also provide a perimeter firewall using a load balancer we are seeing the, the transition of f5 load balancers moving to uh, vmware cloud aws also but a lot of customers are transitioned to rv load balancer as well so if they have rv on-prem they move that to the uh, so working in security uh, for the migration use case is very re relevant from the feature set okay so so effectively you can take advantage of all of it as yeah. you move to the cloud uh, and it's yeah. it's sort of um, you know this uh, I think was a notion of that notion of policy. If you've established those firewalls for specific apps, even as you move them to the cloud, those things remain part of your environment. You don't have to recreate all of that. Yeah. And I think that's Perfect. a journey. I think so. There are some of the areas we will focus, I think, at the end of the call in terms of where we are assistant policy, like how do you manage this uh, a seamless deployments and uh, one of the things that we are seeing uh, within the VMware cloud on AWS is that customers are building multiple STDCs uh, like non-prod, prod, kind of our dev test. So they are creating these uh, different kind of like about as virtual data centers uh, and now they want to as a security on that seamless consistent policy across these uh, deployments. And not only within the VMA Cloud AWS, but they want to do across cloud, other cloud native as well. Because every technology, in every cloud native, the concept of security groups are different than what you are in the NSX there. So they want to kind of, uh, kind of have create this baseline of consistent policy. Uh, in the multi-cloud world. And that's the ne next level of challenge that we are trying to address. Okay, uh, hey, I have a question, uh, sure. David. Uh, so this, it's also, you know, we talk cloud providers, we talk Google, Azure, IBM, and other VMware cloud providers. And that, so it's just not AWS. So, so that's good. Um, is there a kind of uh, AI or any kind of, uh, you know, management, you know, auto detect security. I can just see that this gets complicated as you have a hybrid cloud environment where you have network back into my data center to more many different cloud providers. What kind of, you know, intelligence do we be able to let operators know when things are going going with this? Yeah, no, I think that's a valid question, Eric. And I think we uh, and VMware Cloud, just take an example of VMware Cloud and AWS, it's a managed service offered by VMware. So we take on the responsibility of monitoring, troubleshooting, patching, upgrading around STDC stacks. So we are responsible for day-to-day uh, -day responsible for deploying the workloads in there. Uh, when you talk about connectivity and the visibility, so we have many uh, tools that we provide in the VMware portfolio. If you look at the uh, VRealize site, uh, which really kind of analyzes traffic 
flows uh, within the SDDC and across the uh, on-prem data centers. And we have customers who are using this kind of that, uh, uh, which is really very critical for operators uh, where they want to identify the problems quickly, get to the problems proactively rather than the reactively fixing those problems. So uh, there is a lot of investment going on in the management side of the product line, uh, which does this. Now, uh, we also announced on NSX side called NSX Intelligence, uh, which is really kind of uh, providing you that uh, context aware uh, monitoring, uh, which is really more network and security centric. Uh, you mentioned something about like, okay, if I want to look at all the security aspects of this and then NSX intelligence would be the tool which was, now it is not available within the BMC service yet, itself yet, but our plan is to provide those advanced capabilities for so that operator can operate these services very seamlessly without uh, like taking long time in resolving the uh, issues like MTTR is very critical. Yeah, that makes sense. Going. And I guess we just have to remember this is all part of the VMware stack. We realize does a lot of this management already and and you know, you're, you're going to need to do this. And so we have solutions there. That makes sense. Thanks. Hey, Venky. Um... Wanted to change gears a little bit and talk about sort of, you know, things that are recent announcements and where we're going. I know in March uh, we announced um, that we we're going to deliver uh, vSphere 7 and uh, VCF 4.0. And there's some new capabilities there, particularly uh, with vSphere around, um, you know, uh, v when we ship VCF 4.0, it'll be um, there with uh, Tanzu Grid. Um, maybe we could talk about sort of, you know, some of the recent stuff and, where we plan to go next with the portfolio. Yeah, no, sure. I think if you look at it, what whatever we talked about for NSX uh, in the context of virtual machines. Uh, and, uh, but when you look at the Tanzu uh, portfolio that we have uh, from VMware side, which is really talking about how customers can modernize uh, their uh, applications uh, using this whole uh, plan, build, run uh, kind of framework that we have in Tanzu. And NSX, it's really that solution where we will provide the same capabilities that we provide for virtual machines now to the containers. So we have a lot of integrations with uh, the container network uh, interface, I think the plugins, uh, which is really providing the same level of security that you provide for virtual machines now is available uh, with the Kubernetes deployment as well. So visions with uh, like the, um, the the PKS, uh, which is the uh, pivotal uh, cloud foundry, also PCF, and now Tanzu. Uh, so it's kind of you will get this as that we started off in the data center with virtual machines. Now we are kind of uh, providing the same type of capabilities for the container world. And container world is much more denser. If you look at the number of containers that you will see, is much bigger than the number of VMs that you saw. Uh, so the challenges there are going to be around uh, providing that policy, uh, that visibility, and how you kind of manage that Kubernetes environment. And as part of this whole uh, vSphere 7.0 and then VCF, so if you look at the VCF is really the vCloud foundation, which has the all the vSphere benefits, uh, vSAN and then NSX. So really the combination of all these three things are really help customers to really get a very uh, resilient infrastructure to deploy either VMs or containers. 
and then provide that tons of Kubernetes layer uh, to operate that well. Cool. Um, and uh, I also know that um, that's, there's been a lot of work in the service mesh area with NSX too, right? In terms of what you guys have been focusing on. Yeah. That's if you look at it from like when you look at Kubernetes and then we talk about the service mesh where uh, you are going to have proxy layers, uh, which are really kind of see that traffic across all the different API gateways. And service mesh is one of the key technologies which really provides more visibility focus in terms of what's going on. How do I as an operator troubleshoot this particular uh, uh, across these multiple gateways and all that stuff. So NSX does play an important role in that terms of providing uh, that level of visibility. Uh, and also uh, then uh, the security piece. So if you look at there are three areas where service measures more kind of role, visibility and security. And, uh, we, and NSX is going to provide uh, kind of the key uh, kind of platform capabilities which will allow them. To cool. So talked about uh, kind of where we're at in terms of like some of the most recent things. You know, we talked about how we've bridged the gap into the into the, the cloud, you know, really supporting hybrid cloud. Um, one of the things I know, know had before was this idea of in terms of futures is really you know delivering on this promise of having a single control plane where you yeah. can see everything that's happening across a you know what. Could be a cloud environment. Yeah. Maybe you can talk a little bit about where you guys are going and you know what you're really what yeah. in terms of what you're trying and to And this do. is kind of the vision statement, I think. What we are journey towards getting to that uh, kind of vision uh, that we have, which is providing that consistent layer of network security, uh, not only to the data center, uh, but not only to the cloud, that is um, the VMware clouds, but also the, the cloud niche. One of the key uh, problem statement for most of the customers, because they will be in multi-cloud world. Either they have a private cloud, they will have uh, VMware cloud on AWS or uh, Dell EMC. I missed the one of the pieces of Dell EMC where we provide the managed infrastructure on a customer site. Uh, so if you look at all these services that we are talking about, uh, that consistent operational model is possible only if you have uh, kind of the NSX layer, uh, which is going to be available across this. And then we, we call this as a federation and uh, federation of all the sites and providing that single pane of glass management for your security. And we are making us a progress around that. I think uh, for kind of listeners, uh, I think I can point out to some of the collateral that we have put together, uh, which gives you an idea of what federation is and what is available uh, today and what's our plan for the future uh, re to really bridge this multi-cloud world and provide that consistent network security. Cool. I think it's great. I think it's a great vision. I think uh, this idea of being able to take those attributes of software defined and, you know, the ones we highlighted early on around, you know, taking the ones we, you know, as you could see them fully in the data center and that every place you ran uh, becomes really important. And, and just to be clear, I just want to uh, talk about this bit. We're not just talking about VMware-based, uh, a lot of focus on that, but if you've deployed natively to AWS or, or Google, we 
we're going to cover yeah. you there too, right? So, yeah, not only yeah, not only other clouds, but bare metal as well. So one of the things which we have seen in the data centers is that there are servers uh, who does not run, who don't run vSphere, and uh, we have capabilities where we provide network security in those bare metal servers as well. Uh, so it's really the uh, we we kind of talk more about the VMware based uh, platforms like vSphere. Their presence in NSX is really spread across KVM as well. So other hypervisors as well. We support KVM, we support bare metal, uh, we support uh, cloud native as well. So you can really be, you know, for lack of a better, a universal platform when it comes to networking, you know, in a multi cloud. Very cool. I have, a, I have, a, I have another question, uh, just kind of out of left field because that's what I do here on this podcast. Uh, we we acquired Velo Cloud, um, you know, a couple of years, right? And just wondering how the edge plays into this whole narr narrative. A good question, Eric. I think I uh, so if you look at it from the portfolio perspective for our network security business unit, NSX uh, data center is really focusing solving problems within data center, but now really addresses uh, like customers who have uh, branch remote branch offices sure. and uh, really provides that software defined orchestration, which we call SD-WAN uh, technology. And as customers are kind of either uh, uh, WAN connectivity for their edge deployments, uh, whether they have I type of edges and all, um, really we work uh, very uh, closely. Uh, this, is, this is one customer, uh, who is using VMware Cloud and AWS for deploying their data center, but they are using Velo Cloud uh, to connect all their sites, which are like hundreds of sites, uh, directly to the VMware Cloud and AWS SDBC. Wondering if we integrated that technology into NSX, or whether that's a separate product that we go to market and we're using that as an edge solution. Yeah, I think so. The go-to market is a little bit different for Velo Cloud uh, because the use case is more branch. Uh, so we sell to more customers. Well, uh, NSX data centers is kind of the enterprise customers, but I think these are like small, medium as well. We go and sell that. Uh, but there are integration points uh, with NSX. So we are closely with them uh, in terms of providing security. Uh, so like the edge firewall and all that stuff. So I think there, and you will hear more uh, going forward, the integrated solutions uh, with the IoT and all those things that are happening. Okay, thanks. We're still, I think, um, thank you, trying to figure out VMworld, but uh, maybe if you have a view to kind of what's coming and you know how people can interact and events and things like that, that'd be helpful because I know people generally will want to be able yeah, no, I think there are, I think a couple of things which I will kind of uh, call out. I think definitely we are preparing for VMware. This time it's going to be virtual in September timeframe, but uh, I think we are preparing for that, uh, especially uh, on all the new uh, innovation that we are doing on NSX side. I mentioned uh, one of the things that we are doing is IDS, IPS. Uh, I did spend a lot of time on that, uh, but whatever we are providing, uh, uh, if you think about it, it is a up to a layer four. Uh, functionality, but when we talk about IDS IPA, uh, it's kind of the deep packet inspection. It means uh, you go much. Uh, there are different signatures. 
that you kind of download and analyze the packet and then say, okay, is anybody's uh, attacking this? And then you stop it. Uh, what we are doing is extending the same distributed capability uh, by providing IDS IPS at the VNIC level, which is impossible to do in a physical environment. Typically in physical environment, your IDS IPS is sitting uh, in the DMZ, just monitoring few set of applications because you can't do deep packet inspection for all the traffic. Have this big honking boxes, which are very expensive, which has like hard. Where it's doing is innovating around providing that IDS IPS capability in that. So VMware is really investing more on security. Uh, you have heard about carbon black acquisition. So you will hear a lot of integrations with NSX and carbon black uh, in the upcoming VM, uh, VMworld sessions. Uh, so that's where it's going to be uh, like double down onto the security aspect of it with all the integrations or all the acquisitions that we have done around this area. Yeah. It's over and it's, it may have been obvious, but one of the things, one of the software defined way we do it is, is as if you're in the physical, in the physical world, you have a lot of things cracking open the packet, looking at the, at the payload and all that takes time. And there's a certain, you know, it's already a fairly inefficient process of sending things, especially when it's host host communication. But you, we, when we do a lot of, when we do these cracking those things open once and taking a look at everything that you need to do in one in one fell swoop before you then send it on it doesn't have to go get cracked open 10 times in the process yeah. right i think that's one of the for to find so attractive as well right and also the context so since the context of applications because context is very important for a uh, fire firewall and it's because uh, just give an example uh, i for a particular IPS to work on a Microsoft application. There are certain set of applications, there are certain set of signatures. If you do this IDS IPS functionality in a centralized way uh, in a DMZ, you that signatures are applied to all the packets. But in the case of uh, IDS IPS that NSX provides, if I, if I know that this VM, uh, SQL server or something like that, I will apply uh, signatures that are only applicable. So you reduce the false positives uh, because now you are not applying all the different types of signatures for different applications mm -hmm. to all the packets. So there is a lot of optimization that we do with this. Uh, we call this as intrinsic security. So you might hear this term intrinsic security because we have built-in security with all the context and which makes it much more easier to kind of like uh, get to the problems quickly rather than doing this uh, brute force type of uh, security that is yeah, happening. Yeah, very today. cool. We recently did a, a session on, uh, um, it's, a, it's a good topic. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, how about if people want to learn more, best ways to learn more? Hey, and David, I oh, got to oh, say something. Uh, it just on the learning uh, aspect, the learning zone for the next Six months. Uh, so VMware has a learning zone where you can go in and take classes. For the next, minute, it's no cost to people. So if you have a, one of those online cool. classes, you can go there and get that. Very, that's, that's a great yeah. piece of yeah. piece of information. Thanks. Thanks for putting that out there. Uh, so Vinky, the learning uh, best ways things that people should look at. Yeah, I think so. There are a few websites. I don't know. I think I should. I don't know. There's 
notes here. I think that's part of the podcast we send it. But uh, at vmware.com and products, uh, uh, there is a what's new, uh, what's dash new NSX. I think one of the things that we have done over the last release, which is April release, which is NSX 3.0. Uh, really, this is the platform. You will see everything around Kubernetes, everything around federation, uh, everything around intrinsic security. Uh, you want to learn more about it, please visit that website, uh, Products What's New NSX. We do have another uh, kind of learning websites, especially on T-E-C-H-Z-O-N-E dot VMware.com. Uh, you will really find all the kind of collateral content, uh, demos and videos and all that stuff there. Now on the VMware Cloud on AWS, since I work on that <laughs> service, uh, you can go to cloud.vmware.com uh, slash VMC dash AWS. And about that, what's the use cases we address there and what things are happening. And we have a kind of future roadmap kind of published there as well, because this is a service. It's a little bit different from products. Uh, so we do provide some information about where we are going uh, uh, as part of that service. Cool. Good, good deal. Um, there anything else when I cover off for today? Uh, no, I think, uh, you know, I think a bit um, micro segmentation is always out there where, you know, it, when you're building cloud native micro segmenting and you got to manage all of that, but you kind of touched a little bit of that, which is, I think, think uh, charity that's uh, starting to move into like the uh, building out cloud native you have to like build out the infrastructure for it vsphere 7 does this well but now you know if you've been ignoring networking for a while you're going to be thrown into it because you know networking you know it's a it's the way they're doing things right so it is a level more difficult for me to like have to build a architect uh, you know a network topology that allows all of these microservices to be running you know from different locations yeah i think uh, there's you know if you're going to build a multi cloud environment networking is something you you have to tackle and there's there's lots of different ways to do it i think there's different technologies out there what i like is that you can apply nsx across the board here to solve for these problems and you don't have to pull together a ton of different technologies to make it all work. So I think that's great. No, I think, yeah. So one of the things we have learned, I think, whenever, because I've been in network industry for a long time, so I understand uh, the challenge, like when we are bridging all these uh, kind of technologies, and especially networking is, oh, routing, BGP, OSPF, and this and that, and all that stuff. But we are tr trying to have policies and all that. I think the consumption, we are trying to make the consumption simpler. Uh, if you go to AWS, networking is not as complex as you typically assume to be. Uh, but as David, you mentioned, what we are trying to do is provide that seamless connectivity, which is simple for you to connect back to on-prem or to the other cloud world. And then building this abstraction layer, which will allow you to simplify, simple consumption for your uh, security uh, operations. And I think Eric pointed out about like visibility, monitoring and all that stuff. So really, I think it's kind of the whole uh, kind of portfolio that uh, we need to look into. Uh, networking is the key aspect, which glues together everything. Um, but we are making progress uh, in terms of just simplifying that for the customer. Well, good deal. All right. Well, Venkay Dishpande, uh, Director of Product Management VMware NSX, thanks for coming here, being on the show. And uh, as always, uh, stay healthy, stay sane, and yep. uh, stay safe. Yep. It was good having Thank you, Venkay. Thank you so much. David, you, David. Nice, nice to chat with you again. Yes, uh, Eric. 
Good yep. to see you. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank Take you. care, everyone. Yep.